Welcome to another one of My Cockpit's informational podcasts. Because of all of you, My Cockpit is the largest home cockpit builders community in the world. You can access My Cockpit at www.mycockpit.org. This podcast is about tips and discussions on how to plan and build your cockpit. Many new builders ask questions such as, where to start? How much will it cost? How much time will it take? And many, many more questions. This session and future sessions are with the infamous cockpit builder, Ian, known at mycockpit.org as Ian at 737MG. Ian is interviewed by our very own Bob. Lots of excellent cockpit building information coming your way. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to this section of the MyCockpit.org podcast. In this section uh, today, I have a very, uh, very well-known guest with me, and uh, and that's uh, Yen. Yen, of course, is a very familiar name among MyCockpit.org and uh, the flight simulation community in general. I am sure if you are a cockpit builder, you must have intentionally stumbled upon his website, www.737ng.co.uk, an excellent resource for any new cockpit builder or even an experienced cockpit builder. Ian has been building his cockpit for quite some time and has achieved a nearly complete cockpit and has been spending his money very wisely. You must be wondering what me and Ian are going to do. Well, what we are going to do is help you cockpit builders or new builders. The intention of this um, edition, of course, is to help you in your project right from ground zero hopefully to instruct you, maybe to educate you, or maybe to inspire you to make your cockpit one of the best. Before I start, let me welcome uh, Ian. Ian, thank you very much for joining us. It's indeed a pleasure to have you on our podcast. Well, thank you very much indeed. Uh, very good day to everybody. And I'm sure you've only got me because Eva Hessness and Gwyn Parrott weren't available. <laughs> but uh, nice to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Ian, um, how did your uh, New Year celebrations go? Oh, the new year was absolutely excellent. We, um, uh, we were uh, celebrating um, quite well. We had a great time. And uh, at this point, uh, because of the date, I know it's a little bit late, but it may be a good idea just to wish all the members and everybody listening a very happy new year from, from me. Because the purpose of our discussion is uh, going to help, be to help our new cockpit builders uh, particularly and um, hopefully guide them and educate them and be their companion uh, throughout their project. And so without wasting much time, um, let me just start off into this session. I know you have an amazing project. I have looked at your pictures a number of times. I've looked at your write-up a number of times. I'm sure a lot of our members have done that. It looks like your cockpit is one that happened without any mistakes, uh, almost uh, with Six Sigma quality. But uh, just for uh, my uh, inquisitiveness, were there any mistakes that you heard that you committed? And, and, and if any, how did you actually have to overcome them? Well, okay. If you believe that what I have happened with no mistakes, then I'm sorry, you are way off the mark. Um, what happened with me? I didn't really plan this. Um, what you see on my website is just something that happened. And um, basically, uh, I was a, a UK private pilot and um, I bought a microlight. I was learning to fly a microlight. But the cost of um, maintaining and keeping licenses in the UK was uh, getting prohibitive. So I started playing around with flight sims, um, going back to like FS98, 2000, 2002, etc., etc., etc. And um, basically, I just started off with a little um, uh, desktop simulator. And 
my main uh, goal was to eliminate the mouse and keyboard. Um, so basically, uh, it just evolved from there. Trust me, I made a lot of mistakes because I didn't plan anything. And to me, that is the first rule. Um, you have to have a target. You have to have a direction. You have to have somewhere to go. If you don't have somewhere to go, if you don't plan it, then you end up doing the work twice because you're never happy with things as they turn out. Uh, so basically, um, my biggest mistake was thinking I was going to be happy with a little desktop setup. It just didn't happen. The rest is history. Uh, you have more than a desktop now, right? Uh, yes, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ian, what does a new builder actually need in terms of experiences, or where does a new builder actually get started over the cockpit project? Now, I've always worked on the assumption, and this gentleman is from experience, uh, there is a formula that actually dictates your cockpit, and uh, that is budget, what is your level of skill, what do you expect from your cockpit, and the space you have available. Those are the four um, variables in the formula, and uh, those added together equals your cockpit. Um, you have to be aware of uh, these four limitations. That is my experience. I mean, you know, just because it's my experience, um, it might not apply to everybody, but I think it's a good starting point. I think I would have to agree with you there. Well, thank you very much. I, I would like to just add uh, another point. Um, that For me, it's not so much about what I've got. I think um, half the fun has been learning new skills. It's been learning um, new things to do, learning about... Uh, the electronics, the computers. I mean, you know, I mean, we get pleasure from different things. And for me, um, actually sitting in the left seat or the right seat, it's not the be-all and end-all. For me, uh, a lot of the fun has been actually getting to that point. So uh, just to deviate a little bit, you, how, how much time do you actually use your cockpit and uh, fly on your cockpit? Um, my cockpit actually gets uh, beaten up. Uh, it works very hard. There is always visitors here. Um, you know, I had uh, 38 cockpit builders here in 2009. So um, my cockpit is flying, I would say, probably about 15 hours a week, um, it, which is quite a lot, really. Um, you know, like because sometimes I have two people, two visitors one week, uh, maybe one the next but these are all people who are interested in cockpit building. And I think uh, the reason why I um, uh, get them over and, you know, and I hope they enjoy visiting is because I think it gives them a little bit of inspiration when they can see what is achievable. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I did actually have a look at your guest log on your website and some interesting comments there too. Always uh, in every cockpit builder's mind is about the budget. Um, what are your thoughts on the budget? Uh, well, okay. Um, my wife always reminds me that my two favorite words are free and cheap. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> basically, what I try to do, 
is um, I try to make something or I try to uh, do it as cheap as possible. That's why, you know, I learn how to wire things, how to work with PICs, etc., etc., um, because um, the time uh, element really uh, costs you nothing. Um, and apart from the major items like the mode control panel, um, the CPU, which my wife actually bought for me, and the throttle quadrant, um, virtually everything else has been uh, made. Um, so uh, what I spent really compared to what somebody else has spent uh, can be quite a big divide. I would put my um, spend in US dollars about 20,000. Okay, that, that's, um, that doesn't sound too much considering what you've achieved with your cockpit, uh, isn't it? But um, as you said, there's a lot of amount of work that you have done on your own, and, and that's probably where you've saved a lot. Okay, uh, Ian, uh, sometime back we spoke about uh, skills. So can, can you just take us through in detail what you mean by skills and how it's relevant for cockpit building? Well, of course. I mean, for example, you, you start with a cockpit. Um, now, basically... Uh, at ground level, it's one computer. Um, you add your hardware, your yoke, your rudder pedals, okay? Um, so that is the starting point for anybody. Um, but then what I think you need is you need to learn um, certain amounts of uh, computer technology. I mean, for example, networking. Um, you know, I'm using at the moment, my cockpit runs... Um, with all the wide view and uh, the services computers. I mean, I have six machines running, um, and these are all talking to each other. So you need to be reasonably um, au fait with uh, networking and uh, the interfacing. Um, like, for example, my downfall is I am not a carpenter, and I don't even pretend to be a carpenter. Um, you know, that is the one thing that I fall down on. Uh, the electronics um, I've learned as I've gone along, and everything I've learned, I've learned from the Internet. Um, there's some very good links on my website uh, to, um, uh, to, sorry, to electronic sites that uh, will teach you uh, the basics for free. Um, you know, so if you, you are a computer whiz kid, uh, you're very good with chisels and saws, and um, you know electronics, you don't have any problems. We're all different. We all have different skills. There's no one size that fits all. So, I mean, if I were to just share my own experience, um, I'm an accountant by profession, but um, I also did learn electronics with the help from Steph from Engravity, with the help of references, uh, many of those coming from uh, your website, 737ng.co.uk. You can learn, yes, and, and it's possible. And I think the fun is actually doing it yourself, and, and, and that's an amazing uh, experience once you have it done. Ian, talked about budget. We talked about skills, and uh, now let's come to expectations. And uh, how does somebody manage expectations with respect to cockpit? project okay well basically you sit down at a machine and uh you know you have to decide what you're going to be happy with uh going back to what i said earlier about uh, i initially had a little desktop setup um are you happy with just your yoke and rudder do you want to get a few switches working do you want to have a throttle quadrant um you know it's like uh, again, you have to target where you're going um, because uh, it's so easy 
to uh, let it run away with you. Um, and that's why I'm a, uh, learning from my mistakes. Um, I go back to the planning issue. Uh, you know, people have to sit down and look at um, the variables in the, um, uh, in the formula and they have to decide what they're going to be happy with. Um, eventually you will get there and uh, you'll always want more. And, and uh, is expectations always a moving target? Uh, would you agree with it? And as time goes on, your expectations tend to change and you tend to adapt. But I think one of the important things is uh, as long as your project is scalable, uh, then increasing expectations, uh, the project can be scaled as well. Um, expectations, absolutely, 100%. Uh, expectations is always a moving target. Okay, because when you get uh, your setup working and you've got the first 30 switches working, you want 60 working. You know, it's always a moving target. Uh, and that's, uh, that's my experience. You know, uh, I was very happy when I got rid of the mouse and keyboard. Um, but then I wanted to start um, working with the aircraft systems. I then wanted to start um, having working ethics. I then wanted to start having um, controlled illumination of enunciators. You know, it is always a moving target. I think that's a very, very fair thing to say for a lot of people. And the other aspect that you spoke about is, uh, is space. Can I just talk through that and, and, and what a new builder should plan when it comes to space? Okay. Um, my downfall is my space. Uh, like, for example, um, if you decide to go ahead and build a cockpit, you've got to put it somewhere. Um, now, once you've decided where it's going to go, these things are not portable, you know, so your floor area is governed. I mean, that's the first thing you've got to realize. Uh, I'm, I am actually governed to a width of three, uh, just over three meters. So I would love to have five because then I could have a curved visual screen. But the fact that I don't have five meters means that I have to have a straight visual screen. However, um, that, that is going sort of sideways a little bit. What you must realize is when you decide to build and place it somewhere, you are governed to that space. Uh, you know, some people can only build um, a, a two-thirds cockpit because of the space they've got. Some people are very, very lucky. Um, they have, you know, all the space in the world. But, you know, you really have to sort of bring in the space factor. Uh, how much room have you got? How wide is it? How deep is it? How high is it? Um, you know, using overhead projectors. I'm, I'm not too bad with the overhead space, but my, my width is governed. Um, you know, take a good look at the space you've got and then uh, work on the floor area. Uh, you know, that's my advice. I think that makes sense. No uh, point planning too much when you don't have the space and vice versa as well. So I think you make a very valid point. Ian, I think we've discussed into budget, skills, expectations and space and some considerations that a new builder should actually uh, think about before he or she plans into his or her project. But let's actually go in a little bit of more details. Um, there are obviously some decisions a new builder needs to take. For instance, the platform on which uh, they want their flight simulator to be on. Uh, Microsoft explains. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, absolutely. Uh, platform is one of the things that you need to think about. 
Um, I personally, I'm using FS9 um, because my cockpit was originally built around it. Um, FSX we've had now for four years, can you believe? Um, it is another platform. Um, I looked at the poll on mycockpit.org. Um, it's a pretty neck-and-neck situation. Um, initially, there were some issues with FSX, but now it's starting to come into its own, and they decide to start developing. Um, X-Plane as well, another good platform, and, of course, we have uh, Aerosoft in the game now, uh, developing their own flight simulator, so, you know, maybe we can take a look at that. But, however, um, you are not governed to any particular platform. Uh, I think the choice is where do you want to go? Or which one do you prefer? Absolutely right, and, and where your comfort lies. Again, I think this gets linked back to your budget. It links back to your uh, the other factors that we discussed, because if you're going to do an FS10, then you'll be prepared for more powerful systems and, and hence spend more money. And uh, FS9 is more a settled platform, will work rather more smoothly. So I guess to that extent, it's where you're comfortable and uh, you know to what extent you want to go. So Well, I think with me personally, with FS9, is the fact that I'm using uh, um, some very good weather generation and a lot of payware scenery, um, which is very high quality. So, you know, I'm very comfortable uh, where I am at the moment. I mean, um, however, there are plans in hand for an upgrade, um, but, uh, you know, I'm still waiting for a model. Um, but we can, uh, we can take a look at it when it arrives. I mean, like, for example, X-Plane now is starting to um, uh, be developed quite nicely. I was looking at the latest versions in Holland in November. And uh, I was quite amazed. It was, it was looking very, very good. Uh, and, of course, I'm sure we're all waiting for the Aerosoft sim. Uh, let's see what that's like. Very high-quality company. And I'm sure if, um, if the simulator is anything like the rest of their products, we're in for a very pleasant surprise. Yeah, and, of course, the uh, platform is important, but aircraft is probably the most important one and. You know, what are the factors that one must keep in mind when uh, they decide the aircraft? Okay, as far as the air aircraft is concerned, come on, boys, we've all got a favourite. For whatever reason, we've all got a favourite aeroplane. Um, in my case, it was a 737. Not the fact that I could buy a lot of things for it, um, but it's just that I, uh, before the days of 9-11, um, I've had several... Um, good experiences and jump seat landings in a 737 and uh, for me it's just uh, it's just an aircraft that's very close to me uh, but however um, there's a lot of Airbus builders out there there's a lot of GA builders out there we all have a favourite aircraft for a reason and if you love it go with it Absolutely. Where there's a will, there's a way. Even if you choose the most difficult aircraft, I'm sure there's a way to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, Ian, um, software, interfacing, um, this is something that's grown immensely over the last few years. Uh, you know, what, what should be the thought when you decide the software to actually run your cockpit? Well, uh, again, software choice is personal. Um, like, for example, um, the way I did it originally was, let's go back to the free and cheap, okay? Um, the way I did it originally was to use the inbuilt instrumentation within my aircraft of choice, um, because it cost me nothing. Uh, however, 
Now there are some very, very, very good um, avionics packages out there. Um, PM, we are, we're all familiar with PM. Um, Sim Avionics, Mark has done an excellent, excellent job with it. Um, uh, I've been running the demo here for quite some time. Absolutely faultless. Uh, Bart's efforts with Flight Deck software, again, um, what can I say? These guys are so clever. And, of course, as competition evolves, prices come down, which then means that third-party avionics suite um, become in the reach of more and more people, uh, which I'm very happy to see, really. Um, you, you know, you, you are governed, of course, the aircraft, dictates the choice of software you will use. I think, as uh, you rightly said, as competition evolves, uh, uh, I, I think the, uh, the customer is the king in that environment. And, um, and, and as we can see, there are more people coming in, so uh, maybe some good times for the new builders. I would agree, but the, the other thing is, I mean, you made the point, you're an accountant, okay? Um, and I'm, uh, I, I'm, well, I'm retired now, but I used to be a businessman. And it's all about numbers, okay? That the, the lower the price of a product, uh, the greater your market is. You know, so as you reduce a price, you bring that product closer to, to more people. Absolutely. I think one of the most uh, important aspects in cockpit building is the level of sophistication that you wanted to reach in. Um, any thoughts on that, Ian? Well... It's, it's, let's go back to expectations, okay? Um, what you're looking for is uh, everybody who builds a cockpit is looking for the most realistic experience they can achieve. Um, I think that's a fair statement. And, um, uh, you know, n now it is possible we are a very, very, very motivated bunch of people. And uh, necessity being the mother of invention, if we can't buy it, we invent it. And I think cockpits are becoming much more sophisticated um, than they were even five years ago. Uh, you know, because um, we're, we're a great bunch of people. Uh, we share everything. Uh, we learn to do something and we tell everybody and what that does, it raises the bar all the time, uh, you know. Uh, so sophistication and development is, is always ongoing. Uh, uh, you know, there are some very, very, very um, high-quality, sophisticated cockpits out there. Uh, you know, for example, uh, my particular hero is Eva Hesnes. I think he's, he's like, amazing. Um, uh, but what he's done is, is just absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, so I try to follow suit with different things. And I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who are doing the same thing. Um, and, and we share the knowledge, which is a great thing. So I think in five years, um, we will be a very, very sophisticated hobby. Absolutely. And I think I, I agree with you there. Yeah, I think uh, we've had some splendid discussion. And I think we've, we've 
uh, at least serve the starters for the new builders. Now uh, talked about some aspects of budget, skills, expectations, space, and, and also some bit of discussion on the platform and software choices and more. So I, I think that's that's good enough for people to uh, think over. And um, I guess uh, we will uh, talk in more detail and elaborate this further uh, in our um, upcoming podcast. Thank you very much, Ian. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you as usual and um, really great. You're very very welcome. And uh, from a very very cold Wales. Uh, luck everybody and uh, you know take it easy that was an excellent discussion with Ian a lot of good information Ian and Vibau thank you for that wonderful discussion that concludes this session of tips and discussions on how to plan and build your cockpit hosted by our very own Vibau next session we'll bring you another informational discussion regarding building your cockpit Thanks to all of you, My Cockpit is the largest home cockpit builders community in the world, providing an encyclopedia of cockpit building information. You can access My Cockpit at www.mycockpit.org. We want to thank the folks at FS Break for their support and technical assistance. FS Break is a weekly audio podcast that covers all things about flight sim, including news, reviews, and much more. You can find out more information about FS Break at fsbreak.net.